Do you like to learn about random wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge. And if you dig the show, get more information at ladyfoxentertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today, we're going to talk all about being a better man with Alf Herigstad. Alf is a lifelong entrepreneur in four different industries, construction, fitness, transportation, real estate, and now as the host of the Being a Better Man podcast. He is a veteran of the army, a former boxer, a farmer, a reality TV personality in Norway, a father of three, and a grandfather of nine. All of his life experience has culminated into a driving passion to now share the things that he has learned with the rest of the world, particularly with other men. His message is be a better man today than you were yesterday, and then keep doing that every day until you die. You can go to his website for more information, beingabettermanpodcast.com. He also has a book called Forging a Man, which is a compilation of his Wednesday stories on his podcast and the lessons learned. It's available in both an ebook and a print version on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I'll give you the link to that. And you can find him on social media, of course, Facebook, Better Man Podcast, Twitter at Alf Being Better, or you can email him, Alf at beingbetter.men. Welcome, Alf. Thank you very much. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you've done a lot in your life so far. <laughs> I, I'm curious of all these different industries and things that you've done, including being a reality TV show star. <laughs> which of your experiences made the biggest impact on you to push you in the direction of doing your podcast? You know, really, it's um, just a combination of everything because all my life I've really just been a uh, a student of humanity, if you will, just really watching and learning. Cause for some reason I learned very early in life that you don't learn anything by talking or by mm. <laughs> being the person, you know, you learn mm. by watching and listening. And I, so I've done a lot of that. And, you know, as I got older, uh, in my life, um, in my forties, looking around and noticing that, Young men aren't appearing the same way they did when I was a young man. Something has changed. Something is different. And I, and, I, and I saw that as a negative for humanity at large. Do you think that it's a, a result of society changing and so men are confused? I, yeah, there's, I think it would be hard to pinpoint one specific cause, but definitely society just the, the way it's evolved, if well, you yeah, will. Well, yeah, because like women have, have taken a larger role in career and things of that sort. So it's kind of shifted things at home. Whereas like back in the 50s and the 60s, you know, it was like the traditional construct of the woman was the wife and she stayed home and she raised the children, you know. Right. And so guys are, are growing up lost. But I think the bigger factor is so many guys grow up without a father uh, or without a male role model to really, um, because that's how our species was designed to learn. Um, you know, by, by observing the, the older men in the tribe mm -hmm. and, and emulating them. And if we don't have those men, if then we're left to emulate the older kids on our street right. who are into bad business, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> 
And and so it perpetuates that way. And so guys are are just feeling lost, like you said, with with the advent of women taking a a stronger foothold in in life as they should. Um, those traditional roles become a little gray and foggy, and and if a guy doesn't have a good role model, he's like doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Did you have a great role model? I had the best role model, <laughs> my dad. He he was and continues to be a great role model. Um, That's awesome. He's eighty eighty two now, and. Yeah, I really could not have asked for a better father. I reference him a lot in my podcast mm-hmm. and in my book because, you know, and he didn't know he was being such a great guy the whole time. He didn't know he was being a good role model. He was just emulating what his father taught him and just living his life being an example. Mm-hmm. Doing what he thought is right. Yeah. And most of what I learned from my dad, I learned by his example, not by him telling me, Alf, you have to do this and this and this. Right. He just lived the life of a good man, and I saw that, and I saw the benefits of that, and that was my example. And here you are, teaching other men. I love it. What is your philosophy of being a better man? What does that look like? Well, a man is two things, essentially. A example, like I said, and it is a responsibility to be a man. And you can't be a man without being both of those things, an example and a responsibility. At any given moment in life, somebody is watching us. Either, you know, the person in line at Starbucks or your coworkers or um, your children or someone else's children, somebody's always watching you. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you are the example of what manhood is to that person that's watching you. And so it's a huge responsibility to to be aware of that as we go through life. And it just is the it, right thing to do. Yeah. So what would you define as being a man, a grown man versus a boy? What is what is being a, a man look like? Um, a man should have a, a natural care for the welfare and happiness of everyone around him whether they're in his family or not just so like if a man is in public and someone's being mistreated i think it's a i think a man should help yeah i Take think charge, a man should right? yeah not just walk by mm-hmm. and if somebody if somebody needs help you know somebody falls down pick them up somebody or you see somebody like throw trash on the street say excuse me you just threw trash on the street would you mind picking that up mm-hmm. i mean be a man take charge of the space bubble that you're in wherever you go um we're all like um kings of our own little space and everywhere i go my little kingdom goes with me and whoever happens to enter my realm you know i'm going to look out for them i'm going to yeah uh, I like you know, that. <laughs> take care of the things in my bubble, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. that's my kingdom. I love that. Now, when you and I spoke offline, you mentioned something about an analogy that would be easy for people to understand how you approach teaching men to be better men. And it was with a bucket. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's the analogy I use on the podcast for to kind of really describe being a better man today than we were yesterday. So if you have a bucket and the bucket's full of water, but every day you go out and you take one little pebble and you drop it in the bucket. 
And you just do that once a day, every day. And after a couple months, you go look in the bucket, and it's still a bucket of water with a few rocks in the bottom of it. It hasn't changed that much, but you just keep on dropping a pebble in the bucket every single day, and eventually that bucket is transformed into an entirely different thing. It's no longer a bucket of water. It becomes a bucket of stones, mm-hmm. which is a lot, a lot different than a bucket of water. And you can't even put more water in it because it's full of stones. And that is what I try to encourage men to do. Just go through their day every day. Look for an opportunity to do something that they can then look in the mirror in the evening and say, I did this thing, and that makes me a little better, incrementally better man than I was yesterday. Mm I love that idea of the stones because it sounds very solid. You know, like I get the visual in my head of this solid, heavy bucket, like the rock, that foundation of a man that a lot of women look for in a partner. So I'm curious, you know, what are the differences between like the guy who's got his bucket full of of pebbles and is now a rock, (laughs) essentially, and a guy who's just getting started and is still a bucket of water and maybe could be considered a boy? Well, I think if there's a room of people, a gathering of people, and the man walks in, there's something about his bearing, the way he, not just his confidence, but also the intellectual and emotional maturity to wield that confidence effectively. And it's automatically noticed by others in the room. Other males will acknowledge it instinctively. Mm-hmm. Where when a boy walks into the same room or, or you know, a half man or an almost man, um, <laughs> he's got an entirely different air about him. He's he's still got something to prove to himself primarily. And and it shows. And well, yeah, because we can all get that that feeling from a man if they are in charge, very calm, not arrogant, but right. confident. There's a big difference between arrogance and confidence, but a lot of times confidence is mistaken for arrogance. Mm-hmm. I've been accused of being arrogant in my life, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, that's that's just um, by people who don't know you well. Right. Yeah, arrogance is, is uh, undeserved or overinflated confidence, you know, in skills and abilities that don't really exist. They haven't been tested or tried. That's another thing. A man goes through life and he gets to know himself because he's constantly testing himself Mm -hmm. with everything. In a recent podcast, I was talking about confidence and, you know, how do you gain confidence? If you're a guy who wants to be a confident man, how do you get it? Well, you just go out and do things. You do as many things as you can. And even if you suck at them, You'll do them better next time, but that's the only way to get to know yourself. And confidence comes from a level of knowing yourself that most guys, unfortunately, don't. Right. Like being willing to keep trying and put things in practice and and get that experience that you were talking about. Because it's not just about talking about being a good man. It's about actually acting on it and every single day, as you say. Correct. And, and and that's the whole point of my podcast is to try to get that in, in the upper level of people's consciousness. So as they go through their day, and I've got a lot of feedback that, that it's working, like guys are like, uh, wow, I'm just uh, driving down the road and somebody cuts me off and I'm like, wow, how would a better man deal with this? Mm. Or, 
you know, things like that, just things that occur in life. There's so many opportunities to be a better man. You know, that's all, that's all that's required. Just be better than you were yesterday. What's the toughest part of that that you find when you get feedback from your, your men who listen to you? What's the toughest part? The toughest part probably is guys dealing, dealing with their past and especially the guys who have never had a good male role model and they're just starting to learn this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're so influenced by their peer group and by society and where they've been in their life that it's just difficult for them to really click into that paradigm shift. But once they do, then it's like the, the, the veil comes down and they can see, oh, okay, I see where mistakes are. And that's why I tell people one of the first things you should do is just go to the mirror and just stare at it by yourself for a while and really try to look at yourself objectively. And it takes practice. You can't really do it the first time. You might have to do it several times to really start looking at yourself and judging yourself as you would another man and start acknowledging your shortcomings and your flaws as well as your virtues because if you can't identify what's wrong then you cannot fix it right i love that that self-awareness piece that you said a lot of men tend to not really have you know guys don't often look at themselves in these deep ways would you say that's that's a correct statement yeah it's a lot easier to just pat yourself on the back and say, I'm a great guy and move on. <laughs> right. Um, Just be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and but one of the huge differences of our modern times is, well, go back a thousand years when, you know, we were essentially the exact same creature back then as we are now, except back then, every day when you left your house, you might die. Mm. Something might try to kill you or you may have to you know, defend yourself or someone else. I mean, it was a life or death struggle every day. And then you had to go out and work in the fields to make your food that was going to feed your family throughout the winter. And if you were lazy or if you didn't do it, your family would die. So everything was a bigger deal. And nowadays, life is just so easy Mm. that to our detriment as a species, I think. We've made it so easy that men... You know, we have all this stuff inside of us that's geared for survival and, and defense and, and innovation and creation and invention, but we don't have anywhere to use it because life just is just handed to us on a plate. Yeah. Well, you spoke earlier about men having responsibilities. Does that tie into what you're saying right now about having to go out and create and lead and take control of situations? Is that is that all part of the responsibilities? Yes, and also not ever making an excuse for anything. Mm-hmm. Right in my intro, it says excuses do not exist because we have to be accountable 100% for everything in our life. If If our life is going well, that's our fault. We created that situation. And if our life is going crappy, that's also our fault. Mm -hmm. We cannot blame that on the economy or, you know, social injustice or the government or anything. It's our fault. It's our responsibility as a man. There's nobody else responsible for us other than us. And when you look at life 
from that degree of personal accountability, it becomes really clear what your next actions should be. You have to be responsible for it. I love that idea of accountability. Because you're right. I think in so many cases, people love to blame whatever circumstances they're experiencing on things outside of themselves. <laughs> and women do that too, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's a human thing. Yeah. And a lot, of the, a lot of the things I talk about are equally applicable to, to women. Um, it's just I try not to presume to speak from a woman's perspective because I'm not a woman. Sure. Well, I like this idea, though, that you provide content that could be helpful to women. And so if there's a woman out there listening to this show, you know, what are some ideas that you've discussed in your podcast on helping women understand men better? Well, I think by by listening to a lot of the episodes, and not just mine, but there's a lot of other good um, resources out there that can help women understand more how men think because we do think differently than women. And there, there are people who get angry when I say that they want everybody to just be the same, but I just don't believe that's true. No way. I totally don't believe it's true either. You know, men are from Mars. Women are from Venus. Yeah. When you take a, a human brain, I mean, all of our brains pretty much start out the same, but then you flood that brain with testosterone. It, creates changes in the brain and totally. it, and we and we think differently so you know my my wife is really uh educated in this area and and she describes it like women come from a different place like when i talk about honor she's like you know for a lot of women that's a foreign concept because we come from a place of survival hmm. from our caveman days you know we have to survive the night as women so we're going to do what it takes to survive the night. Whereas a man has this concept of honor that's, that's different. We, it's not about necessarily surviving. It's about living well. And if I die in the process, that's okay. Mm-hmm. We, we aren't about surviving the night. We're about living well with our legacy intact and things like that. So I think, you know, women would be well served to have some of that insight about how men think because we're pretty 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 simple creatures really we have pretty basic needs um and what i've found for most men to be happy if their if their girlfriend or wife is happy then they're happy it, it's really happy wife happy life <laughs> it's true because absolutely that that affects us on a on a in a primal place if if my wife is happy mm-hmm. and i can tell she's enjoying her life and she's happy, that means I'm doing a good job. Totally. Well, I mean, in my mind, I think men are geared or kind of wired to provide and to protect and all those things that you talk about with under the umbrella of honor, being honorable and proud of what they've accomplished and such. And women are the nurture, suppose, supposedly, according to, you know, wiring, nurturing and supportive and giving, you know, the hunter-gatherer kind of thing. Right. We talked about earlier how society has changed so much that now in some cases in households, there are women who are the breadwinners. And so it kind of makes probably the man confused as to, you know, how he should still take on that role of provider protector when he's not. It goes back to how well a man knows himself. I mean, 
I, I don't see any problem with the guy being a stay-at-home guy, taking taking care of the kids if the wife has a great job and, and she's happy that way. I mean, look at all the, the impact that guy could have on his children. Look at all the great things he could, could accomplish with the other time that he had. Um, if he knows himself and he's confident in his manhood, he does. He has nothing to prove to anybody. Mm. I like that you just said that. Nothing to prove to anybody. So would you say that a quality of a man who isn't quite a man yet, <laughs> or is a half man, as you mentioned, would have more qualities of feeling like they need to go out of their way to getting in fights, you know, constantly de- defending themselves, that kind of thing? Absolutely. It's um, having something to prove. You can tell when a guy walks in a room, if he talks too loud and too much and just the way he circulates through the room and the way he regards other guys as everybody's a threat. You know, these guys have something to prove. Primarily, they have something to prove to their self because if they were confident in who they are as a man, they could just relax and Mm. be their self. And not and, question that and not, you know, feel like they right. need to man up in some way. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm somewhere and somebody uh, <laughs> says something, you know, weird to me that could be offensive, I'm just like, do I really care what this guy thinks? No. I know who I am. I don't really care. As long mm-hmm. as you don't touch me or, or threaten my safety, then pff, I don't even care. Yeah. A truly self-aware man has nothing to prove to anybody because he knows exactly who he is. I love that. That's a big message to leave with people listening. Now, you mentioned a legacy as well, leaving a legacy. What does that mean? Yeah, legacy is really important. And I I talk about it pretty often because a lot of younger guys haven't started thinking about legacy yet. And what legacy means to me, to, to some people, it means, you know, how much money will I leave my inheritors? But to me, it means, you know, everything I do in my life, someday one of my grandchildren is going to come along and pick up that thing I made or read that thing I wrote. And they know that they came from me. Mm-hmm. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to add to their sense of their own self. Like, like my podcast, for example, you know, 50 years from now, these recordings will be still floating around and one of my great-great-grandchildren will listen to one and say, wow. I, I came out of that. Absolutely. So, I know, love that. that. To me, that kind of encapsulates what legacy means to me, the importance of it. Because generationally, how we leave the world and the stories we leave behind and the, you know, the, the sense of the people that come after us, you know, that's what keeps our species kind of going forward. Totally. And I could see why younger guys aren't concerned with that yet, because it's almost like something that you need to realize with maturity and experience, because I'm starting to move into that realm, too, as a woman, thinking, what do I want to leave behind? How do I want to impact people, others, not just my family, but people out there in the greater world? But I do think that comes with age. Would you agree? I would, but also... Like I started thinking about it hard when I first had children mm-hmm. and I was, I was only 20. So I was a young father and, but as soon as I had children, I'm like, Hmm, someday they're going to have children mm-hmm. and, and I'm responsible for how all of that goes. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. my thing. This is part of my legacy, how my children turn out and how 
their children and their children. It, it all is going to funnel up to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you that becoming a father changed your perspective in some way or shifted your ideas around creating a legacy. There are some men out there, though, who run away from fatherhood or, you know, like the whole deadbeat dad thing. What do you what are your views on that? You know, I have a really hard time understanding what's going on in their in their brains and it, it makes me sad and it makes me um angry <laughs> yeah. because uh there's no greater thing for a guy than to be a father you know and i and i wound up being a single father because um i got divorced and then i had to go through this brutal custody fight and i finally got custody of my children and finished raising them you know and that's another point you know you talked about women being the nurturers and the homemakers traditionally um but i think both genders have the capacity to be everything that the other gender is when it's needed and for me to be a compassionate nurturing father does not it i think it adds to my masculinity rather than takes away from it and so many guys i just don't i don't know i don't know what makes a guy shun his children yeah it it boggles my mind and and it the only thing i can think of is perhaps his childhood was such or his rearing was such that he just doesn't have any any connection to that I, i don't know yeah, that they're just not self-aware yet, that they're still in that, that boyhood phase, I guess you could call well, it. Well, they're, they're very selfish. I mean, yeah. it's hard to be a really self-aware, good, solid man and be a selfish person. Right. Because you it you have to give. It's a, it's a Being a man is a position of, like I said, example, responsibility, and service. I mean, you are here to provide and help and and be a solid rock. I mean, mm-hmm. when when a when a catastrophe happens in a family, you should be the guy that everybody can depend on Absolutely. and count on. Absolutely. Yeah, if you're sniveling in a corner crying to yourself, you can't help anybody yeah. else. You have to deal with those things, and that's one thing I tell guys. Look, go through every scenario in your head. Think about how you're going to act and react because you do not want to be surprised by your own actions in an emergency. Mm-hmm. You you have to be ready for stuff. Yeah. Or not even an emergency too. I mean, just in smaller daily challenges like relationship issues, you know, with your partner. It's like if the fight, if there's an argument or something that needs to be resolved to not, you know, allow it allow the situation to spiral out of control to take that right. role and to, you know, understand that women get emotional and to, you know, just kind of stay as calm as possible. I think that's difficult for both men and women, but I I think it's, I would love to, you know, be with a man who can like just stay calm even within an emotionally charged situation. Yeah. And it's a, it's a skill that people should aspire to. And I think it's a skill that can be learned by anybody. Um, A lot of people just default to, well, I'm not like that. Right. Have you tried to not be like that? Have you made any efforts to not be like that? Or you just, (laughs) it's like, you know, people that are, that's really just the way I am. Say, that's just, just the, the way, way I, I am. Made. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've always been this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's crap. 
<laughs> it is. It is crap. We can all make positive changes within ourselves. I would love for you to share one of the lessons learned from your book, which is, you know, the compilation of your Wednesday stories on your podcast, Forging a Man. What's one of the biggest lessons that you love to share or that you do share in that book? There's um, one story called Waiting for Bigfoot. <laughs> and uh, it's about when I was a kid, I, I lived in Washington and I really wanted to meet a Bigfoot really bad. So I would go out in the woods every day for one to three hours with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as bait. <laughs> and I would put one out there and I would just wait, wait for Bigfoot. Um, <clears throat> and I did that for about a year and a half when I was uh, oh, around nine years old. But the lesson I got out of that, sitting there waiting, Bigfoot never did show up, but I learned so much about myself just sitting there alone in the forest. Really, I was meditating. I didn't even realize it. Wow. Meditating on nature. And I was seeing the cha the seasons change and watching animals. I, I became part of the forest when you sit there still like that. And animals will come up to you and, and you see their coats change from winter coats to summer coats. And you see the leaves die and you see things grow in the spring. I mean, it was really a remarkable period of my life and all I was trying to do was wait for Bigfoot but what I took <laughs> away from it was uh, that life is a lot bigger than the things right in front of you you have to take the time to wait and wonder and see yourself as part of the bigger picture wow that's a, a huge lesson for a nine-year-old yeah it is it's pretty <laughs> well, amazing. And a lot of the a lot of the lessons you know that we learn as children um, we may not even grasp their full meaning until we get older and we reflect on it. And that's mm -hmm. one of the purposes of my book is to help people think about their own stories and, or when they learned that lesson or, you know, because whenever we go back in our lives and think of the stories of our own life and relive it as an adult, we can learn that lesson all over again, sometimes to greater benefit than we did the first time. Mm-hmm. Real quick, before we go, what was the reality TV thing all about? <laughs> well, I am Norwegian, and there is a reality sh uh, TV show in Norway. It's the most popular sh reality show in Norway called Alt for Norka. Mm -hmm. And they take 12 Norwegian Americans who've never been to Norway. They take you to Norway, and you begin competing all over the country from the very south to the very north above the Arctic Circle in competitions that have to do with the traditions and culture of the country. It's a big deal in Norway because back around the turn of the 19th century, over half of the entire population of the country immigrated to America. So now there's more people of Norwegian descent in America than there is in Norway. Oh, wow. And yeah, there's only 5 million people in Norway. And like what happened to our bloodline that left, you know, 70 years ago, what happened to our families? And so they love, um, watching us goofy Americans go over there and, and try to be Norwegians and <laughs> eat, eat Norwegian food and, and compete in all these, you know, zany, uh, competitions that have to do with their cultures and the grand prize is the winner gets a reunion with their living family in Norway. 
So I went pretty far. I went on my competition. I was we were on a uh, like a little cruise ship going from Oslo to Copenhagen because that's something that Norwegians do a lot for the weekend, mm-hmm. just for a fun thing. And on the ship, I had to learn a Norwegian song and perform it with the artist who sings it in a nightclub, and the audience voted on who was the best. And um, I, I, I missed by one vote that time. Oh. But it turned out exactly perfect. Things happen the way they're supposed to. And I was embraced by the whole nation. It was really a life-changing experience. And uh, nothing has been the same since. And I met my wife because of the show. Because wow. she was on she was on the season before me. She was on season two. I was season three. And uh, so when cool. I got home... Yeah, yeah, it was pretty neat, and and now I have, uh, you know, thousands, literally, of Facebook friends and Norwegian um, acquaintances who I interact with, and and I am in contact with my living family in Norway, and when I go back to Norway, I'll have plenty of places to stay. That's so cool. Obviously, it's contributed to the work that you do to pass along the lessons that you've learned in your life to other men. Well, and I would say also that one thing, one reason that I was so uh, popular on the show is because I'm I'm authentic. You know, what you see is what you get. And that's another quality of a self-aware man. I mean, you just have to be authentic. It kind of goes back to not having anything to prove. Mm-hmm. So the big takeaways, don't act like you have something to prove. Don't take things so personally. Be confident in yourself. Know who you are. Yeah, and, and be aware of your legacy and everything you do. Everything you do matters. Aha. Uh-huh. What you're going to pass along. That's huge. Alf, you are so inspiring, and I'm so thrilled that you took time to come on Nothing Off Limits to share more about the work that you do to help other men through your podcast and through your book. So thank you so much for coming on here. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. And you you gave everybody my email address, and just don't hesitate to contact me. If you have a question or an idea for the show, just uh, fire it over to me. Absolutely. Everybody out there listening, both men and women, please go to Alf's website, beingabettermanpodcast.com. Connect with him on Facebook, Better Man Podcast, and Twitter at Alf Being Better, and email him once again, alf at beingbetter.men. Until next time, thank you again, Alf. Yo, you're welcome. Thank you, Michelle. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.